Hello, and welcome to the Federal Contracting Made Easy podcast, where we take the complex world of government contracting and break it into simple steps that any small business owner can master. Now, let me introduce your host, Nancy Byerly. Hello, and welcome to the wonderful world of government contracting and federal contracting made easy. I'm your host, Nancy. Can you believe it? We're already on episode number 55, and today's topic is on what is the ostensible subcontractor rule. But before we get into today's episode, let's do the intro show. Welcome back. All government contractors need to understand the ostensible subcontractor rule and how SBA makes the determination. This is especially true for new government contractors who lack past performance. Even if a prime contractor is following the limitations on subcontracting, it does not mean that SBA cannot find affiliation between them. Small business government contractors that rely too much on another business for subcontracting could raise concern for affiliation under the ostensible subcontractor rule. So what is this ostensible subcontractor rule? Obstensible contractor affiliation happens when a small business holds a prime contract, but a subcontractor ends up controlling the work. SBA will review whether the subcontractor performed the primary and vital work of the contract. And I'm going to say that again, primary and vital work. If the subcontractor performs the primary and vital work on the contract, then SBA will deem the small prime contractor is affiliated with the subcontractor based on the ostensible subcontractor rule. Now, this affiliation is for this contract only. It doesn't mean you're always affiliated with a company. It's contract specific. The ostensible subcontractor rule states that a small business is overly reliant, there's another word we'll use later on, but is overly reliant and dependent, or however you want to refer to it. The ostensible subcontractor rule also states that a small business is overly reliant on a subcontractor may be deemed affiliated for size determination purposes. Therefore, a small business must understand the potential risks under this rule when hiring subcontractors for government contracts. By the way, this rule can also come into play on teaming agreements and subcontracting agreements. How this rule came to be. The rule was implemented to stop large businesses from entering into relationships with small businesses to get around SBA size requirements. And you can see 13 CFR 121.404 D5 for the regulations governing this rule. So let's take a deeper look into this rule. By now you're asking yourself how SBA deems the primary and vital work of the contract. That's a great question. Unfortunately, SBA does not provide any information on this matter to make it even clearer. So it's kind of vague, right? Primary and vital work. So you're going to have to Put your best thinking hat on here. The small business prime contractor must determine the main requirements on the contract and ensure that it's performing these requirements with its own employees. If you let your subcontractor perform those 
tasks, you will give SBA more reason to find affiliation. And that's what you don't want to do. So there's another factor. There's another factor that you must take into consideration. And that factor is unusually reliant on your subcontractor. And we talked about that. I said over-reliant and unusually reliant. It's a technical word. I refer to it as over-reliant. It kind of makes more emphasis. Uh, makes sense to me. In fact, in order to protect yourself, you need to meet both conditions. So you have to perform the vital, primary and vital requirements and cannot be unusually reliant on your subcontractor. These two items are independent. If you do not meet both, you can be found affiliated with your subcontractor. Now, SBA's Office of Hearing and Appeals, and this office basically will listen to, if you have a size determination and you don't like the way SBA deems, so say you had, let's give an example. You had a size determination, SBA found you affiliated with another company. Therefore, you're now considered a large business. Now, the SBA's Office of Hearing and Appeals has stated that SBA must examine all aspects of the relationship, including the terms of the proposal, any agreements between the firms, when the prime contractor and its subcontractor perform the same type of work, that firm will perform the majority of the total contract must be deemed to be forming the primary and vital contract requirements. Let me say that again. When the primary contractor and the subcontractor perform the same type of work, so if they're both general construction, the firm that will perform the majority of the total contract will be deemed to be forming the primary and vital functions. Alright, so let's go into the four key factors that will lead to unusually reliant. One, the proposed contractor is the incumbent contractor and that contractor is not eligible to compete for the procurement. Two, the prime contractor plans to hire the large majority of the workforce from the subcontractor. Three, the prime contractor's proposed management previously worked for the incumbent on the previous contract. And four, prime contractor lacks relevant experience and must rely upon the experience of contractor to win the contract. Now, when you, you can hire the workforce from an incumbent contractor. That is allowed. However, you just can't do a blanket hire all of them. You have to, do, you have to interview them individually and select them each individually. You just can't do a blanket, I'm hiring your whole workforce. So the first factor alone is not enough to show unusually reliant, but add one or more factors and you're opening yourself up for a protest based upon ostensible subcontractor rule. And what I found with protests lately, I'm seeing more and more of them, and I believe it's because people, the companies are looking for ways to knock the winner out of the circle. It's a part of life. Another important fact is that SBA will look at the final revised proposal. So let's say you submit your proposal on April 15th and on June 15th you receive the notice that you are the preparing successful offer. That's great. Within three days later you have a protest. Great, you're thinking. Um, it happens, folks. It happens all the time. So you got to remember and look at that. And so 
If you submitted your final, if you submit to SBA your final revised, anything after that April 15th date, then you're going to be found overly reliant. If you revised your final proposal after that date you submitted your proposal, it can't be. It has to be the one that you submit on your final proposal. It can't be changed anytime after that, that date you submitted that proposal. So don't think you can make changes later to make the final proposal and fix any errors. It's not going to work that way. So the conclusion with today's topics is make you aware of the ostensible subcontractor rule and to provide some guidance for you. If in doubt, contact your legal representative and run the circumstances by them. We hope you liked today's topic. As always, please leave a comment, subscribe, rate the podcast, and the YouTube video. And we'll talk to you later. Until next time, as always, be safe.